Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Ray Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg as my co-host. And Kathy and I are your leadership development coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today, our guest is Susan Steinbrecher. And Susan has an interesting concept that she's written in a book called Straight Talk on Corporate Consciousness. So we'll get her to a uh, explain a little bit more about that and, and the ins and outs of that. Let me tell you a little bit about Susan. She's an internationally acclaimed businesswoman, executive coach, speaker, and author. And she's president and CEO of Steinbrecher & Associates. And that's a management consulting firm that provides professional development services in the areas of executive coaching, group facilitation, and leadership training. Susan works with senior executives and their organizations to develop and implement innovative life-changing, and profit-building solutions to address the global and day-to-day challenges of leadership. She also has some other books. One is called Heart-Centered Leadership, An Invitation to Lead from the Inside Out, and that was uh, done in December 2004, and uh, Roadmap to Success that she did with Stephen Covey and Ken Blanchard in 2008. And then in the new book, Straight Talk, Susan addresses the importance of corporate consciousness. And then this just came out, and actually, uh, Kathy and myself also have a, a chapter in this, myself on emotional intelligence, and Kathy has uh, her chapter on happiness and around how to get profit from your happiness. So we're going to talk with Susan about Straight Talk, and for four consecutive years, she has received the Business Leadership Center's Teaching Excellence Award at SMU Cox School of Business, and she served as an expert on NBC, Fox, TV, Fortune, Small Business Magazine, CNN.com, and numerous other radio shows. And you know that Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders. So we know that leaders are the heartbeat of the organization, and most leaders underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and thus they and their teams underperform. One of the keys, though, is doing just a few things drastic, differently can drastically improve your performance. And in all these shows, things that we end up talking about is how you develop more leaders in your organization, what happy companies know, emotional intelligence, and positive psychology strategies. We've had people talk about the brain and neuroscience contributions, generation and gender differences, work-life balance, strategies to manage your boss, self-management tools. And so before we bring on uh, Susan, let me just say a couple words just about some of this evidence-based research that we like to talk about. So we know that leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team and that emotions are contagious. We like to say that the the leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. And one of the ways to be a star performer, and we define that as someone in the top 10%, is having emotional intelligence. When you compare that with IQ 
and with technical expertise, a lot of the research shows that the further you move up in the organization, the more your success factors rely on emotional intelligence. And one of the tipping points is getting people into the top 10%. Why top 10%? Well, we know as someone moves into the top 10%, they're twice, they produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And when you have training, we know that's important in regards to the productivity. Training can give a bump in productivity, about 22%. But if you add coaching, Kathy's a coach, Susan that we're going to speak with is a coach, uh, to the organization, individual coaching helps enhance the training, there's about an 88% bump in productivity. If you want more information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. If you want more information about me, Dr. Riley Nadler, uh, my website is uh, Leadership for some free emotional intelligence tools, some speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. So, Susan, welcome to the call. Thank you. I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, this is great. We're interested in uh, hearing more about this. Let me just say a few more words just about your bio. Mm -hmm. And your expertise has positively impacted companies worldwide like BNSF Railway, Bank of America, uh, Capital One, Brinker International, Gaylord International, Hilton, Miraval Spa, Northwest Airlines, uh, to name a few. And prior to founding Steinbrecher and Associates, you were a rising star of one of the country's best-known uh, hotel chains for 14 years. And you went from a entry level to the chain's youngest general manager in history to leading the strategic training and development initiative. So some real um, front-line experience you have. Mm -hmm. uh, Susan has a B.A., and from South Texas State and a honorary doctorate in hospitality management. She also holds a lot of certifications as a master practitioner of NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and as a certified mediator and, and also a lot of 360-degree assessments and also uh, as a heart math coach. We'll see if we have time. We may talk a little bit about that at the end. We've had uh, Bruce Cryer, the president of HeartMath, on our yeah, show in the past. That's one of my favorites, huh, really, the HeartMath yeah. tool. Oh, good. And so, uh, so Kathy, I want to say hi to you, and then we'll, we'll bring on Susan. Well, it's a delight to be with you today, and um, I just wanted to welcome Susan to the show, and thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you. And I just wanted to ask a key question, which we love to ask all of our guest speakers, because for Riley and I, it's so important to know who most influenced you and your life, and especially your thinking and your role as a leader. So let's start out with that. Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, I think there's probably a number of people I could name. I would say uh, my mom for her optimism. Uh, she always had that spirit of um, a glass is half full, and whatever you put your mind to, you can do. So those were huge lessons for me as a leader to, to embrace. And my dad, I would say, for he was an entrepreneur, so for his entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurialism, you can say that three times fast, right? Um, and also, he had that spirit and was a, was a pretty good risk taker. So I think the family foundation was definitely there. And then I'd say I had some just huge bosses along the way that taught me valuable lessons, like one in particular who said, 
um, when I was that young general manager at age 25, um, I would, you know, call and ask permission to do something, and all he would say to me is, Susan, it's so much easier to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission and then hang up on me. And that was uh, startling because <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, he yeah. must not have heard me. So I'd call him back again, and he'd say the same thing and hang up on me. But what he was really trying to do is to say, hey, you know, we trusted you. We put you in this position. We trust that you can do it, and you just need to take the risk and start uh, believing in yourself. So those kinds of lessons, I would say, really helped shape me as a leader. Oh, those are great. <laughs> um, and I can imagine the first time he said that on the phone, go, uh, uh, uh. I was like, I don't think he heard me right. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good leadership uh, strategy and tool. And that's what we're trying to do on this show is, is glean from anybody we know has been successful has helped. What are some of the key things? Absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about what you have in the chapter of uh, the book's called Straight Talk, and your chapter is called Corporate Consciousness. Right. Um, so how, what is it, and, uh, and, you know, and, why, and why this topic? So give us a little bit of the background about that. Uh, yeah, I think um, for me in terms of why this topic, I, I guess I have seen more and more examples of business as usual not working so well. I think we have evidence of that all over the place in terms of what's happened to you know, the ethics and integrity and scandals and greed and all the other stuff kind of going out there. And so I really started to think about how business needed to have more of a conscience. And so when I think of what corporate consciousness is, it's when a corporation has a, an actual strategy with um, implementation practices or execution practices, if you will, around really three key things. And that's what I call the three R's, and that would be reverence, respect and responsibility hmm. for not only the, the people um, globally, if you will, I mean, starting with their own associates and then going to communities and then globally, if you will, because we're becoming more and more global, um, and the environment in terms of what types of a product or service are we producing and what is the impact on those people as well as on the environment. Now, I think the really key thing here, though, is What's most important when I think about corporate consciousness, it's really the corporation actually having the intention mm -hmm. to create a product or service that at least preserves and, and hopefully even, of course, enriches the lives of people in the environment. It's the, the sole nature of their existence is to produce this product or service that has the intention of well-being. So that's what I, that's what I term corporate consciousness. Mm. It's, it's interesting, Susan, as you're talking, I'm thinking about... Uh, you know, the importance of, of corporate consciousness right now and how many are struggling right. to be profitable in this challenging economic market. So can you describe um, for us perhaps what some of these areas of focus might be for, for corporate consciousness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're right, though. I mean, I think some of the struggle really comes from people focusing on the on the on the bottom line exclusively, if you will, and it's, you know, and it's profit at all costs sometimes. And I think that's caught up with this. I think we're seeing the impact on how people are living today. Um, you know, look at health care, look at uh, this, just the health of our, uh, of our citizens, if you will, in terms of, of consuming products or our items, if you will, that's not healthiest for them. And we're beginning to have the obesity epidemic and everything else and et cetera with all of that. So, um, I think it really is looking beyond what looks like the immediate goal, which is a profit, and looking at the impact 
we're having on things broader than just that. And the truth is, those companies that really get this bigger picture are going to be more profitable anyway, because the consumer is looking more and more for the company um, that has values that align with what they feel good about purchasing. They want to purchase from a company that's doing the right thing, if you will, not only for their people but for the environment. And then on top of that, um, the associates, the best talent, are, look, are wanting to work for companies that represent that type of image. They want to be aligned with a company and be proud to wear that T-shirt, if you will, with a company logo um, on them when they walk in the grocery store. So that's where I think is, is what's mm. beginning to happen. So you'll, you'll actually earn more profit in the end by looking at the bigger picture. Well, that makes perfect sense because we know that when people do the right thing and they take the high road, somehow the money follows. And when we do things that are exactly. not in our best interest and not authentically coming from where we want to enrich the communities we serve, we often suffer. But um, before we get any further on to corporate consciousness, I want to take a quick break with your permission. So um, those of you who are listening, this is Leadership Development News. Come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Companies Healthy People to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Uh, profiles and practices of top performers. Today we're talking with Susan Steinbrecher, and she has an interesting topic around corporate consciousness. And so um, before we get into some more of the specifics, Susan, you were saying that you like to focus on the three R's, reverence, respect, and responsibilities. And I think that the latter two, respect and responsibility, I can see. Maybe just say a few words you know, about how you see reverence or how is that portrayed in organizations. Yeah, I see that as um, going back to the doing what doing what's really right mm-hmm. and um, and and focusing on the ethics, if you will, and the um, I guess just that whole aspect of looking at the bigger picture and looking at we're all in this together and having that understanding and that what, the way we treat each other comes back to us kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. So it really is about that whole essence of valuing people, um, valuing who they are and their contributions and how, again, we as, as a business can elevate all of this together, basically, in terms of the product and services okay. we offer, that we all win when we all come together in a collective way. Now, um, we talked a little bit about this economic times. Um, what, what have you experienced as far as receptivity to this? I mean, it is, it is a, certainly a hot issue at this time, and are you, are you, are you finding that most organ, organizations are interested in this or maybe just some of them who've already, um, you know, had some of the impact of this or just more of the highly evolved and any kind of... Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. It, it, there was a time when this would have been completely like, oh, wow, this is way out there and uh-huh. I don't know, but things right. are changing so rapidly. I mean, you're beginning to see companies embrace this when I think about sustainability movements, eco-friendly movements, uh-huh. um, thinking more globally, um, because I think they're looking at the dollars and cents of it also. I mean, they're not going to jump on the buy wagon if it's not going to ultimately produce, make business sense, which I right. fully understand. But you're starting to see some very large organizations embrace this wholeheartedly. For example, Walmart for the last five years has been putting more and more and more steps in place to they you know to have a sustainability strategy which they do have mm-hmm. um, to look at that you know again the the profit and loss of that is that well my goodness if we save energy costs what does that mean to us financially if mm-hmm. we um, do some of those things that are you know putting in the right light bulbs what does that save us financially right. and of course you have a company like that that has a lot of clout to say the least so they're right. beginning to look at their suppliers and their vendors and and almost demanding from them if you will um, more of these sustainable practices also so you're starting to see where at one time I think it was small little companies here and there dabbling with it or they were all over this because that's who they were now you're starting to see major companies embrace this because they're just seeing the difference in their P&Ls as a result of it 
So much more open today yeah. than I think we saw before. Okay, and especially I think you're saying there's the economic factors, there's just doing it because it's the right thing to do, but then we're also uh, seeing that you know many organizations are almost using it as a type of branding, you know, right. mar- marketing too. Yeah, they are, and I think the only the only thing I would say about that that you want to be a little bit careful about is you know sometimes when companies go oh, I get it, I just got to put green everything on my slick little marketing campaign. Right, right. <laughs> um, that's not going to work because the truth is, you may get away with it for a while, but the truth is the consumer is going to sniff that out pretty quickly, and the associate working for that company is going to know what's the real deal and not. Uh-huh. So we're really talking about, you got to mean it. I mean, you've got to be saying, this is who we are as a business. We're going to move ourselves from this point to this point. It makes business sense to do it, and it's the right thing to do. And for those reasons, that's going to be our strategy right. moving forward. So it's not something you're going to be able to fake. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, so I know uh, in, in your article and, and then when you speak about this, you have four themes that are area of focus of uh, corporate consciousness. You know, you have the employee uh, sector, and we'll get, get into that. You have the consumers, you have the community focus, and you have the environmental focus. Right. So why don't we just take them one by one and sure. maybe talk a little bit about the corporate consciousness and how does that look in regards to the lens of the employee sector? Um, absolutely. I, I mean, I think what I'm really suggesting here for that whole employee component is is to really sit down and have more of what I call that transparent or authentic dialogue mm-hmm. um, regarding expectations for both the company and the employee. So. It's having the conversation that a lot of times people don't have, and that is for the manager to basically say to this employee, listen, this, these are my expectations of, of you and your performance. Here's what you can get from me in exchange, almost a, a contract type of relationship. Hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's holding each other accountable, and it's having the authentic truth-telling conversations when the employee's performance is not up to speed, but doing it in a very, again, remember the three R's, respect, responsibility, and reverence, doing it in a very respectful way. But it is having the conversation to say, my needs are not being met, and here's how. How are your needs being met, and what can I do about that? So it's getting away from the parent-child kind of dynamic into this adult-to-adult conversation that we're we're both adults, we both have a brain, we can both put our heads together to resolve the issue. And it's also around that, you know, the white elephant in the room kind of thing. It's like it's sitting there and nobody wants to talk about it, but employees mm-hmm. sense when, they, when the business is working in the right direction and when things are going well or when they're not going well. So it really is creating policies, procedures with that intention of a win-win, collaborative, and right. building authentic culture. Well, and I think just that conversation, it is interesting because the work that you do and the work that I do, very similar it seems like such a simple conversation right. of, of a leader boss talking about their expectations, hearing about the expectations from their employees, but that's, that happens so infrequently. Right. And just the idea that they ask the employee, okay, so, you know, what do you, what do you expect of me? Right. Hits one of the things that we know that helps in regards to climate. You know, that question in the, in the Gallup surveys. Absolutely. Does uh, my opinion seem to count? And so just right. this is one one indicator that the um, boss can really hear from the employee, let alone give them some information that they're probably wondering about. I wonder if they want me to interrupt them. I wonder uh, if I have some flexibility on this deadline. All these things they're wondering, the leader could tell them. So that sounds like that's 
something that you do often then. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, just, it's, again, just having those conversations and being willing to do that and, and knowing and trusting that that's going to yield even greater performance from this associate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, associates, I mean, we know the number one reason that employees quit is the relationship with their boss. That has been proven over and over again, study after study after right. study. And so if that boss relationship is a good one, they're more likely to, you're more likely to retain that talent. If it's not a good one, meaning win-win, open dialogue, you're more, that'll be the number one reason why that associate chooses to leave you or leave that company. So that, that's very important. Yeah, those, those are key. And I think just these, these kind of strategic conversations are really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so that's kind of the employee sector. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other themes that you have is the consumer focus. And uh, don't most uh, consumers just want the lowest price for the products? Or maybe you could speak a little bit about that. Well, you know, there's certainly right now is, is a good time to be asking that question because with challenging times you go back and you say, well, is it, at the end of the day, is it really going to be about dollar of the price for your product? And, and certainly there's a consideration for that, no question about it. Um, but that's really changing. And even if that is the case, they're still going to look for the product at the right price that's still going to give them the best, let's say it's a food product, um, health, if you will, mm-hmm. best healthiest choice if I could for the right price kind of thing. So definitely some consumers um, are looking at just that. Um, but that's uh, also beginning to change. But they are becoming more concerned with what companies are actually doing in terms of their products and services and, and the effect it has on the environment and on people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really seeing that trend where they're looking for the bigger picture. Um, we've, we've seen the catastrophes of things that were happened, you know, like the, the, the lack of controls in China and the, dog, and the cat food and the pet mm-hmm. food and all, the, all of the animals that died as a result. I mean, there's so many things the consumer is seeing today that they're getting more and more careful with their choices. And, again, I think you have some major companies going out there saying, we know that we are able to provide the best price because we're getting more consumer spending. So the prices are now coming down for some of those things like, let's say, organic foods, et cetera. And I think uh, just with all the, like you're saying, with the press uh, and around products, I mean, I know anybody that has kids, uh, you know, my kids are 12 and 15, and, and they're just, I've learned, you know, about what, uh, what's in a product and, and they're what asking happens. more. Yeah, yeah, they're asking more. So if if it, often they end up kind of educating the parents, you know, which will hopefully then also move back into the uh, corporate world. Right, that's right. And you know, and and the and the, the producing products or services at because it was absolutely the cheapest and and throwing out that respect, reverence, and responsibility. Um, it's just catching up with people. I mean, we've seen the organizations that keep trying to cut corners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're looking at some of the food products and fillers that have been put in because they were the cheapest way to sweeten a food or the cheapest right. way to add flavor and taste. And now it's coming back to bite us because of the obesity epidemic and other health issues. So I think people are beginning to get that, okay, I need to eat as healthy as possible at the right price. And, I need to be, and that's just one example, of course, of food products. Um, but there's so many other examples of that. So um, when you're in an organization, are you, are you kind of bringing this message to the senior team? Is it, is it just with the people that you do executive coaching with? I imagine it's probably a little bit of both. But... A little bit of both. Um, w- w- because I coach so many executives, and, of course, the first thing we're always focusing on are what are their particular goals and what are they aspiring to be in terms of a leader, 
Um, and then this is a topic that I introduce and uh-huh. to say, you know, you have an opportunity to actually really broaden the impact that you have um, on your employees, on your uh, stockholders, on the profitability of this business, your community, the globally, the planet, et cetera, by looking at this a little bit differently and beginning to invite that. And I would say, again, because the trend is already moving in this direction, more people are jumping on this bandwagon anyway. Um, so I think it's done mainly one-on-one, but there's also times when it's in a, a small group setting just talking about strategic planning and where they want to take the company. Right. They're, they're already noting the trends. They're already seeing yeah. that this is something they need to be paying attention to. So, so as an outside consultant and a coach, you're able to, to almost seed this, whether it's the individuals or if you're with the, kind of the executive team. That's right. And I've, by showing them the business case, which, of course, you have to present, yeah. um, then, they will, then you get their attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's good. And then especially it sounds like you have some good – you have some good examples of other companies, organizations that are doing it and, and uh, what that can allow them to do. Absolutely. Well, we're going to uh, go take a short break, and this is the Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. And we're talking um, today with uh, Susan Steinbrecher. And Susan uh, has written an article, and her, a lot of her focus is around corporate consciousness. And so we're talking about bringing this into organizations, and that just before the break, whether it's individuals or whether it's with the senior team, just to kind of raise the awareness. And we've already um, covered a couple of the of the themes dealing with the individual, dealing with the consumer. And so now we want to uh, move on to the community. Maybe, Susan, you can tell us a little bit about, you know, what what does that focus look like? Um, Basically, um, it's really taking a look at what that company's, um, you know, exposure or impact is, if you will, to their community. And so uh, a lot of companies, if you will, give, let's say, to local charities. So, that's that's great in and of itself. I think what I want to be. I think what's really important to, to point out here, though, is that it goes back to the intention element that I spoke mm-hmm. about earlier today. It's it's not just about throwing money at a charity because it's a good PR thing to do. <laughs> right. We're really looking at something much deeper than that. It really is um, a company that really authentically wants to make decisions about taking care of the community of which they serve. Um, so it's not just a PR thing. It really is something much deeper than that. It's, it's uh, supporting the community in a way uh, and showing that genuine care for others in the environment because they have that true intention of wanting to really give back. And they represent or, if you will, stand for something even bigger than themselves as a company. It's, right. it's that whole situation. So it really is about looking at with our corporate headquarters, for example, you know, what are we doing to support the community we're sitting in? Um, what products or service are we providing that is either enriching the lives of the people around us or, quite honestly, asking the tough question of, does the product or service that we provide enrich the lives or not? Or are we producing a product or service that we know is um, helping others, you know, fulfill the, the best being the best they can be, if you will, in all aspects of their life. So it really is looking at that piece. It's, it's just saying, what's our impact? Right. Um, and I think, again, um, many companies maybe fuel the economy of their local area, which, of course, is a great thing in terms of providing jobs. And, this, and so it's that, of course, but it really is beyond that in terms of, again, sustainable practices and uh, roping in the constituents of that group and, and being there as a support, not just providing jobs, but also extending services or products to that community where they can. And I imagine on some level the community focus takes in, you know, being a, a leader in the community that, right. you know, really looking at what it is that their their influence, their stamp, their footprint, in the, but, uh, but often many other organizations may fall suit. That's right. They see that as a role model, if you will. They see what that company has provided the community. Um, you know, during catastrophes, what are they doing to help if they can? Maybe they provide a product or service that can actually help people get through some mm-hmm. tough times or 
you know, if it's a food company, for example, you know, can they provide food to those that doesn't have it or can't have it? The homeless, what are they doing with right. their discards, et cetera? So there's so many things that can happen. But again, the, the key is the genuine intention yeah. to, to really give back. And it's not a PR campaign that they can say, we, we give kind of thing. Well, and I know just from the employee uh, factor, you know, people really enjoy helping and, and giving and there's a certain sense of pride that they have about their organization. So, that, you know, there's, that, right. there's the organization pride that goes with that. And then just from a lot of the neuroscience and the brain chemistry, you know, when people end up serving others, mm. there's kind of that release of, of endorphins. And, you know, they just feel better, which will hopefully translate into being, uh, into being better performers at work. And, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you think about something like a Habitat for Humanity as an example, you know, a company that really gets behind that and doesn't just throw money that way, but actually gets out there and builds homes in that community side by side. I mean, and the associates love the fact that their company does things like that. Yeah. that again, it increases their value um, to that associate, which means you're retaining your top talent again. And to your point, they feel good doing it and feel good working for a company that's doing it. So you're actually offering that as an opportunity for those associates, which keeps them even more engaged. Right keeps them more engaged, and then they end up talking because of that pride, talking about the organization, helps, um, you know, bring people That's into right. the organization, um, you know, aside from retaining them. So. Absolutely. Well, good. So we covered uh, the community focus, and then uh, you touched on this in some of the other points, but it's really this in, in environmental focus, and we know many more organizations today, like you said earlier, are using the green methods, Sometimes they're, you know, they're promoting that, and you mentioned, you know, it's got to be real. But what would be some of the some of the best practices regarding organizations, um, you know, in the environment with that environment focus? Yeah, you know, I think honestly, it can be something as small as starting a recycling program at your office mm. um, and looking at ways of conserving. Um, something as small as, um, you know, we've gotten into the habit of having you know, bottled water in the refrigerator, and let's say guests come and visit the office or even employees and they pull out the bottled water, shifting that to uh, maybe putting in a reverse osmosis system, water system of some sort, so that the water is as pure as it can be, but it's coming from the faucet now. And so now you don't have all those plastic bottles to worry about recycling and discarding, right? So Mm -hmm. it's little things like that all the way to looking at um, the design of that building, um, the eco-friendly flooring and lighting and, you know, quote-unquote, uh, green officing. And you know, not everyone's going to be able to do, the, you know, a, a full-scale uh, project in that way. But, you know, I, I think of another company that I've been pretty impressed with. Um, I mean, for example, JCPenney. I mean, over the past five years, they have invested more than $75 million dollars in installing um, energy management technology, if you will, you know, lighting retrofits, high energy heating, ventilation, wow. the whole HVAC system. Did you um, say $75 million or billion? Yeah, $75 million. Million, um, okay. And then, you know, and in 2006, that, re- that really resulted in a year-over-year elimination of n- nearly 31,000 tons of greenhouse gases. Um, I mean, they even won... Um, in 2007 and 2008, they were recognized by the EPA as an Energy Star Partner of the Year, if you will. So they've gotten all kinds, you know, they do recycling, and they, they even have a whole program called um, JCPenney CARES, and CARES stands for Community Associates, Responsible Sourcing Environment Sustainable Practice, 
practices, which is just what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing more companies. I mean, some, some folks are diving in very deeply like they have. Um, but then even the small business owner can just be taking a look at, well, what if I exchange that lighting for some of the new, mm-hmm. uh, more energy-efficient lighting? Or I, I'm not saying, you know, pull up your carpet because now you have to discard that carpet unless it can be reused and put in bamboo flooring. But if you're going to be remodeling, eventually why not remodel with more eco-friendly products so it's just having that that consciousness again and intention right right well i think that's that's the huge part is that that awareness and then i think from the you know organization standpoint um who do they partner up with and so you're kind of alluding to that you know for example some of the bigger organizations have cafeterias that are there and and so in their Hiring practices, are they looking at an organization that's going to provide food that's got great recycling and um, everything else? So they can really put that footprint on all their uh, key stakeholders and stuff that they deal with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, it's whatever one can do. Sometimes it's just starting and taking some of those baby steps and then starting to ask the question, what else can we do, what else can we do? Um, and that's, that's, you start where you start. Mm-hmm. It's not an overnight process. It's something that may take right. some time. So, so maybe uh, think for a minute, what, what are some of the best examples of maybe the, the influence that you've had um, in doing this? Because I think what's good for our listeners is to just raise that awareness. And a lot of times we talk about the way that you change the brain is with focus and attention. And so not only you're changing your brain, but you're having a great opportunity to change the brains of all the people in the organization. But I'm just curious, Susan, you know, how have you been most successful? I mean, I think most people um, understand and appreciate and, and want to uh, follow the corporate consciousness, but it becomes a change initiative, which I know you're way familiar with. So what's been, you know, any examples that's, that you found the kind of the best way to plant that seed and really have it proliferate? Yeah, I think the best way is to, first of all, meet them where they are, right, to kind of start to ask the questions around, how do you, you know, what's happening in your business? What are you happy with, not happy with? Um, What would you like to see happen differently? Um, Have you thought about ways to get there? Mm -hmm. Um, And really going through a series, I think, of thought-provoking questions and then, as we talked about earlier, then it's presenting the business case and saying, have you thought about, Here's what A, B, C, D, and E, F company are doing. This is what they're noticing is the return on that. Right. So that intrigues them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And then from there, you just keep saying, well, what can you do? I mean, what would this look like if you fully embrace this in five years and then back up? To, to, to the, you know, if you start with five years out where yeah. you're there or ten years out where you're there, and then you move back and say, what are the baby steps? And really help them with the strategy. Huh. Now, have That's you in the best way? And have you found that it's been easiest kind of dealing with with certain individuals in the organization at a certain level? I mean, is this is this yes, kind of an HR initiative? I mean, I think for sure Generation X and Generation Y are a little bit easier to tap into because uh-huh. Generation Y, especially, is already there. Right. But they're just entering the workforce, so you have a lot of you have a lot of leadership in the in the in the X group. Um, a lot of baby boomers still, but even the baby boomers are really embracing this uh, as well. So. I think it's there. They're seeing the trends. Um, they're seeing what some of the big companies are doing out there, and they're watching. They see the ads on television yeah. where they all talk about their green products. So I think they know about it, but I'm not sure they know where to start, and that's yeah. where our help comes in. 
Now, do you actually have a program that you say, you know, if you want to start, here's our four or five step process. We first see where you're at. Uh, or is it more just kind of from, uh, you know, having these strategic conversations? It's really more a strategic conversation, but that is something we're going to be doing down the road. We're not oh. there yet. Yeah, okay. Um, but, because we, but we see the need for it now, so we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to start offering that as another Oh, service. that's great. So you're going to create a program, because I think that's a, people may have the interest in it. Right, but how do you go? As you and I know, then they don't really have the time to implement it, and if you can come in with your you know, your five-step process, and they go, oh, okay, we, we, right. it's like that, and then you become the, uh, you know, the outside change agent, and then this is where the coaching, I imagine, is very important to ask for the key people. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back uh, for our last segment. This is the Leadership Development News, Profiles on Practices and Star Performers, and we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Susan Steinbrecher, and we're talking about corporate consciousness. This is something that she brings to the organizations that she works with, and we also just finished talking about, you know, that she may be designing some programs that your organization may be interested in. And Susan's website is www.steinbrecher.com. I'll spell that, S-T-E-I-N-B-R-E-C-H-E-R.com. And Susan, is there another site, or is there anything else you want to add to that? Um, actually, that's the main site, just Steinbrucker.com, and when you get there, you can just find, find out all about us. Oh, great, great. Okay, so one of the things, um, and you and I were just talking about during the break, that we both are, are interested in is, as a coach is what I would describe as kind of the self-management piece. You know, how do you get people to really manage themselves? We've had uh, Bruce Cryer from HeartMath talk about HeartMath. You're a certified HeartMath uh, practitioner. Maybe say a little bit about that, and then how does that link in into the uh, corporate consciousness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am certified in HeartMath to work with clients on a one-on-one basis, if you will. And that whole piece, of course, is helping people um, really center themselves, reduce their stress, um, make best decisions because, you know, their heart and their brain isn't going crazy, if you will, in this very fear, stressed out type of uh-huh. environment. So it's really a process, a couple of step process that gets people to, to calm. And the minute they begin to do that, they start, you know, uh, making better decisions. And when I, the way I guess I really connect all of that to corporate consciousness is especially when you think about the sector of the manager and the associate. Um, what we find is when a manager is more centered, they're uh, able to take that deep breath, if you will, um, because they are calmer, more relaxed, and uh, more, I guess, less stressed, if you will, and more at peace. Mm-hmm. When they have those conversations with the associate, mm-hmm. they come across so much more authentically and transparent. And the employee picks up on that immediately because that manager is fully present with that individual. So when they have that conversation with them, they know that this is the real deal. They know that that person is fully engaged and fully present with them. So the level of converse, that type of conversation and the power of that conversation mm-hmm. is significantly different than if I'm the manager trying to have a conversation with this associate and I'm multitasking and I'm, I'm playing with my BlackBerry and I'm answering my phone in the middle and everything else is going on around me. Right. So that's how I like to kind of connect those two because I, I see that the more the leader can get themselves in that state uh-huh. of calm, they think clearer, they make better decisions, they're, they're not making those reactionary decisions, I right. call it, or fear-based decisions, they're making much better strategic decisions, which impacts everybody in that company, in that environment, in that community, as we, we were talking about earlier. So, the, so they're really using their brain better when they're able to manage manage their emotional state. Yeah, absolutely. And I know about HeartMath, both uh, my wife and I 
use the M-Wave, but maybe you can yep. talk for people who don't know about it. You know, what is it? And, and I think the efficiency and uh, unobtrusiveness of it is really one of the reasons why it's, it can be so easy to use. Absolutely. I mean, there's a number of tools that HeartMath provides. The M-Wave is one of them, and it really is. It looks almost like a size of a cell phone kind of thing or even a BlackBerry kind of size, even smaller. Mm-hmm. But it's a device that they can actually um, hold in their hand um, it monitors what is happening with their heart rate, if you will. Um, it, when they start doing the breathing techniques that HeartMath um, teaches and the mm-hmm. visualization pieces that go with that, they can actually begin to get immediate feedback as to what's happening with their stress and what's happening with their heart rate. And then they feel the calm, but they actually get an immediate biofeedback mechanism, if you will. It's a Right. It tells them exactly where they are and where they need to go. So there's not too many tools out there where you can, mm-hmm. you know, look at ex- exactly at um, a p- the palm of your hand and look at this um, tool to see where you are and where you need to be. And, and just to describe the tool, at least if you use the uh, M-Wave, there's certain colors that mm-hmm. respond with a certain re- relaxed state. Or if someone has their eyes closed, there's a certain tone that goes with it. It just lets you know that you're uh, in this relaxed kind of heart coherent state. Right. I actually know a client that brings his into him with his in his meetings. Uh-huh. Um, and he helps him monitor where he is and where he needs yeah. to be. Yeah. Which is fantastic because the the whole he's a, he's the president. So <laughs> what he says is going to matter and what goes on in that meeting is going to matter and it's a way for him to kind of constantly check himself as to you know, where am I, and, you know, get recentered, start taking the deep breath, because they're making right. very important decisions. Well, and I think just from, I've been an avid meditator, you know, for about 35, 36 years, and it's interesting, the heart math is a spec different. I think it really, it looks, uh, the deep breaths really seem to be kind of the activating event right. that, that helps uh, get that relaxed state. Is that what you find? But yes, it starts with that, absolutely, and then, um, part of the steps is, is putting yourself in a very, very, very highly positive place, a person or thing, and that could be, you know, for me, that's the beach scene, or I find myself in the mountains in Sedona, Arizona kind of thing, um, but a place where you really feel that utmost peace, joy, et cetera, and then you begin to see what they call the coherent pattern mm-hmm. emerge, mm-hmm. which is the rhythm of the heart going into coherence, and that's when just physiologically, a number of things are, are going on as a result of that. I'm not a scientist. I'm sure um, Dr. Cryer could tell you more <laughs> right. about that, but I just know it works. <laughs> now, do, you, do you use that yourself? Absolutely. And, in fact, um, when I really find that I'm stumped, where I feel like I'm overwhelmed, I'm feeling highly stressed, uh-huh. I feel like I'm, I just can't get my – I can't be focused or I'm not, right. I'm not getting an answer clear – Right. I immediately go into the, the heart math um, process, if you will. I get myself calm, and it's amazing how quickly. Yeah. That's the thing that really blows my mind, how quickly I shift the emotion from that state of overwhelm to clarity. Um, and I do what I call a, a, a map. You know, I literally brainstorm things on a piece of paper after I've come out of mm. doing that for about five minutes, and all of a sudden where I was stuck before because I was in overwhelm, right. I'm getting all this clarity and I just start drawing off. It's kind of like the mind map concept. Yeah. Okay, I call it the heart map concept. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. And I mentioned because I do a meditation a couple times a day and at least one of the metaphors that I like, we all are running around. It's like this 
paperweight scene that has snowflakes in it that you shake up. Right. And so that seems like most of our days, you know, all the flakes are going all over the place. It's all in disorder. And whether it's the heart math or kind of a meditation relaxation, in 5, 10, 15 minutes, all of a sudden all the flakes can kind of settle down. That's right. And that's where I think you get some reflection time. You also get re-energized, and then you're resilient. And when it gets because it's you know it's, the paperweight's going to get sh- shook up again, but you're a lot more resilient to deal with that. Well, that is so true, and I tell you, I have worked with so many executives that have said, you know, I'm finding that I'm losing my composure in a meeting, and that's not serving me real well. Or I'm finding yeah. that I'm so stressed out, I'm taking it home, and that's not working so well for me. And the truth is, we all think the solution is external. The solution is internal. It all starts within with how you feel, because based on how you're feeling there's going to be a certain behavior that's demonstrated and that behavior has an impact. So you start backwards and saying, if I can change how I'm feeling, which mm-hmm. means get out of the overwhelm and erratic and panic feeling mm-hmm. and move that to a place that's going to be more resourceful for me, then I am going to act differently. That's a given, and therefore the impact's different. Right, right. So that's, but that's the thing. It's an inside job. It is not an external fix. It's an internal fix. Well, and I think this work goes back to we're talking about leadership development and executives. You know, going back to what we said earlier, the leader is the emotional thermostat, and That's if, right. if their thermostat is always running hot, you got it. Everybody <laughs> in the organization is going to be running hot. Absolutely, you're you all know. looking at that person, and, and it's like a book I wrote, Heart Center Leadership. One of the principles is called Know Your Impact because that's the biggest blind spot I see, uh, I see for leaders. They forget that everything they say and do, or yeah. don't say or don't do, is being observed and unfortunately being judged. And, right. and they are impacting people way beyond what they think they're impacting people, but they are by the very nature of their, their title, their role, and how they behave. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, Susan, we we talk about the exact same thing that they're under the spotlight. Uh, and, you got it. And twenty four seven. So that's exactly. You got it. Hey, was well, this has been uh, fascinating? And Absolutely. let me make sure that people know again how to reach you. It's it's uh, Susan Steinbrecher, and your website is www. Steinbrecher and S T E I N B R E C H E R dot com. That's it. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time and sharing uh, this whole thing about corporate consciousness, which I know you're going to be promoting and, and really glad you are. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. And this has been Leadership Development News. Thank you for listening, and we're signing off now. Goodbye. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.